all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, it's good to be talking about a win again. All righty then. First win since uh, Tuesday, or rather Monday, against the uh, Dodgers. Brewers win tonight by a 5-1 final, and they really were in control the whole way. I'm Dominic Catronio. Game one of the Royals series. Corbin Burns started a little shaky, got it back on track. The hometown kid had himself a night, Owen Miller. We want to hear from you. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Pleased to be joined by Jeff Cirillo on the program. Jeff, when the Brewers had an off day yesterday, you had that tough game on Wednesday, uh, and to try to generate some momentum, and I don't want to take anything, I don't know how to say this nicely, right, where I don't want to say, like, look, I know they're big leaguers on the other side, but the Royals are one of the worst teams in the American League. The Brewers have to look at this series as a get-right series. And I think today was a perfect step in that direction. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Royals, but at the same time, the Brewers are the better team in virtually every facet. They need to not only win this series, but need to win it in a sweep, if you ask me. And I think today was a reminder that, yes, they are still a very, very good team in the National League. Yeah, it was a great matchup today for the Brewers. You know, you have your ace pitcher on the mound after a couple of tough losses to the Dodgers. Day off. And, then of course, then you get a bullpen day for the Royals. And, you know, but, but you got to be honest, I mean, as the season's kind of revealed, the, the Brewers seem to be doing a pretty good job against the better teams. It's these these trap games that they, they get with the with the, the Rockies and then the, and then the Tigers and then the Royals kind of roll into town. But they took care of business tonight. And talking to Ryan Spielborg, who called the game on Apple TV Plus tonight, uh, talking about because he just saw these guys with the Rocky series, right? And he's like, you know, looking at that series and looking at this team tonight, it's like, yeah, this is the team that we expected to see in Colorado to what you're talking about, Jeff, where they, there's something about it that they just sometimes not quite arriving, but that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about Corbin Burns because Corbin's a great example of it's not how you start, it's how you finish. We saw a ton of pitches early. Then something clicked in those last three innings. He retired 10 of his last 11 batters. What did you see click into gear for Corbin Burns tonight? Well, it looked like uh, he was having trouble commanding his cutter. It almost had like too much break or too much depth of the pitch. But, you know, to his, to his credit, his stuff plays. You know, I mean, even when a guy like him doesn't have his best command, he can still get away with pitches at, at the major league level. And like you said, it started clicking. He found his rhythm and he found his release put on that cutter and just kind of mowed, mowed down the, the team. And for him, I mean, the pitch count, the pitch count was a, a worry in the first few innings. He had four walks in the first three innings. He also had four strikeouts as well. But he would get to two strikes, and he wouldn't be able to put a guy away. And there wasn't really a sustained threat against him. There wasn't a lot of contact against him. But then after the single by Dozier with two strikes, it really seemed like he locked in from there, did not allow another base runner, six shutout innings, seven strikeouts. Yes, the four walks. But only two hits allowed, and I would call that Corbin Burns B-minus stuff, not even close to his best stuff. I mean, it was really just a cutter day, and he still got by. It's a reminder that, yes, it's been a slow start. This dude is one of the best pitchers, pure stuff-wise in baseball, and he can get by without his best, but when he's on, it's dominant. Yeah, it's an electric electric guy. I mean, uh, I mean his, his baseball card speaks for itself. And like you said, tonight he was searching for it. Early in the game, and uh, you know, I, then they gave up the home run, and it was three to one, and then, then they rolled into the next inning. They got it to Matt on runs with Owen Miller starting starting in that next inning. How do you like the uh, aggressiveness there in the first inning from Craig Council and Quentin Berry and base running company of 
sending Willie Adamas with uh, two outs with Christian Yelich at the plate, uh, despite the lefty being on the mound, just saying, like, let's take second. And then, lo and behold, uh, the catcher, Freddie Fermin, throws it into center field to allow him to get the third. I, I love the aggressiveness. We saw a couple other stolen bases uh, the last few games. I, I think that kind of set the tone for how this game was going to go. Yeah, I just think that the Brewers have a lot more a lot more talent than they've showed, especially on the speed aspect. You know, obviously they, they saw something in the scouting report that allowed them to, to take advantage of, of extra bases. And, and at the major league level, you know, those extra bases add up to wins during the course of the season. And, and you look at Willie, he found a way to contribute. He didn't have a hit, but he had the walk and the stolen base and the run scored, reached on a catcher's interference. Yelich put the ball in play. Good things happened with that. Uh, and then finally, we'd be remiss to not talk about Owen Miller. Three-hit night, including uh, a homer, his first as a brewer. For him, this this had to be a dream come true tonight, right? I mean, hometown kid, Fredonia native, hits his first homer in Brewer's colors on a Friday night in front of a big crowd. Uh, you could see he couldn't quite contain the smile on his way around the bases as he got to the plate, uh, got to the dugout with the cheese head as well. Uh, it's great. I mean, Owen Miller in the leadoff spot, I don't mind it. I actually really like what he's been doing at the top of the order. Oh, so do I. I like the guy. I mean, he he's just a baseball player. He's a, he's kind of a throwback guy, you know, and he, he kind of wears it on his sleeve out there and just does a lot of things well and obviously can really run, too. So it was good to see it. I mean, there, there's milestones as a player. Obviously, you know, your first game, your first start, your first hit, your first road trip, but you'll always remember your first home run. Every player does, and it's, it's good to see that he showed some emotion when he put the cheese head on. Yep, this is Brewers Extra Innings brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association member FDIC. If you want to join in on the program, 855-616-1620. Again, 855 855- 616-1620. This text from Josh. Nice to see the offense pick up Burns on a night he had to be a bit of an escape artist. You love drawing seven walks. We'll talk about gold stars coming up in the next segment and our difference-making moment of the game. Stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Coming along on the program, I'm Dominic Catronio. Just getting rolling with Jeff Cirillo here. Thanks for being with us. This text from Josh. Uh, who gets our gold star tonight? Now, I- I'm going to make a rule here real quick, Jeff. It can't be Corbin Burns, and it can't be Owen Miller, because those two seem pretty obvious, right? Can you give me somebody else that's worthy of a gold star tonight for their 5-1 performance win for the Brewers tonight? Well, I'm going to go with the the inning where, where they came back. Owen Miller, obviously, I mean, that's a really, I mean, I don't know if people, I mean, Ryan's, Ryan didn't really do a good job. I mean, Owen Miller going up for 96, 97 at the top of the zone and getting on top of that, you really don't see too many major league hitters hitting that one. Getting on that one, they got a lead off it and they got a walk. I think, all right, if you're going to go off the board, we'll go with the catcher's interference to, to put the runner bases loaded and create a bigger inning situation and create some breathing room for, for Burns out there. Yeah, and they got two runs in that seventh inning, but it's all good. I'm going to go with a, a different era for this is just the gold star, not rather the difference-making moment. But looking at this box score right now, I just want to give kudos to Luke Voigt for a second. And I, and I know you're thinking, like, Dom, he went one for three. What are you talking about? Well, he drew a walk, and that's something I talked about in Brewers Weekly yesterday, saying this dude was a league-average walk rate guy, and all of a sudden he's not walking at all with the Brewers. I think that could help him in the long run. He gets a pure-strength single working a seven-pitch at-bat, 
in the uh, seventh inning or in the sixth inning, and then he get absolutely robbed on a rocket, the hardest ball hit of that seventh inning on a great double play turned by uh, Garcia. Look, he knows he needs to perform. He's heard the the whispers about Keston Hira. I like seeing Luke Voigt succeed. He has been a great teammate along the way. And, look, he, he's here for a reason, and it's still early. And let's might as well see him perform well and figure out what's going on with him. And I think that's going to be a big development moving forward. I mean, I, like you said, I mean, you notice the Brewers have had their troubles with left-handed pitching. And, you know, he's on that team to, to hit mash left-handed pitching. So it's good to see him draw a walk and have deeper at-bats and deeper counts tonight. And like you said, he did get robbed. Um, but, you know, as my AAA manager once said to me, he's like, you know, the guys that hit the most line drives get the most line drives caught. So, <laughs> Exactly. And it's all, it's all karma, right? I mean, he made a couple of nice defensive plays in San Diego. So uh, it's all comes back around you steal a hit you're going to get a hit stolen from you as well that's life uh the brewers certainly knew that feeling when they were in colorado with all the great plays that they were making against them so if you're talking about the catcher's interference going off the wall i guess we can go ahead and slide into our difference making moment of the game brought to you by annex wealth management it's different not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need it's for elite comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need contact annex wealth management know the difference at annexwealth.com what i'm looking at here jeff and i'd love your reaction on this it was already a two nothing game it would have been easy to keep rolling along with a two nothing game but with two outs tyrone taylor eight spot in the order lining a single back up the middle to score brian anderson from second base there's just something visual, something mental about a 3 nothing lead, and scoring in three of the first four frames just set the tone. I, I really thought that was an important way. Given they left, you know, they had the bad second inning with the double play, they hit the home run, but nothing else in the third. Actually manufacturing a, a run in a way there. I thought that was a really important moment for the Brewers. Well, I mean, earlier in the season when the, when the offense was clicking, uh, you saw them, especially with runners in scoring position, right? I mean, every great, great hitter, any every great RBI guy is, you know, you get jammed, right? So you had Christian Yelich, bases loaded, didn't try and do too much, pull the ball. He just got, he fought that ball off, got a base hit to left center field, soft maybe, but he still used the middle field. And then you had Anderson take the breaking ball to the opposite field. You know, those that's how you collect those RBIs. And for the Brewers to have every single batter reach base again today, I thought that was great news to see seven walks like Josh texted in there a moment ago. Uh, Seven walks, his team has seen the ball well again. Three of them by William Contreras. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of William there in the uh, two-hole or even in the leadoff spot like we saw in San Francisco. Just letting him be a table setter for the guys like Adamas and Rowdy and Anderson to and maybe even Winker at some point to start driving those guys in because I, I really like the fact that William Contreras of all guys is leading this team in on base percentage. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the, the thing now today is that the the, the two hole hitters kind of become the the modern day three hole hitter. So I mean obviously Craig Council likes him in there. He sees a lot of pitches in that first at bat. Lets the other guys see the, see the ball, see the pitches coming out. Plus the fact you know that he he's a guy that that. When, when you have the ability to hit the ball the other way if the guy gets on base. And so, I mean, to me, I mean, if you're drawing a lot of walks and you have the high on-base percentage, it, it kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. You're going to have a high on-base percentage. You're going to have a high, high batting average, and, and you're going to get RBIs. Now, tomorrow, it's going to be a little bit different. Now, today was a bullpen day. Uh, you had the lefty start, then the bulk man of a, you know, kind of a triple-A reliever in Max Castillo. Tomorrow, you get the veteran. You get Zach Greinke. And Greinke's a guy, I don't care 
what the age is, what his velo is, what his last start was. He is always capable of just shocking you. So far this year, he's 1-4, 5-1-8 ERA. He's got 27 strikeouts in 41 innings. It hasn't been uh, according to plan for him. Opponents are hitting him well as well. They're hitting 287 against him, but uh, I was just double-checking this on Baseball Reference. You never faced Zach Greinke, by the way, but we have seen Zach Greinke long enough to know this dude is always capable of slicing and dicing any lineup on any given night. Yeah, you know, I've scouted him many times. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch from behind the plate because he's he's like an old-school pitcher, right? He just commands the ball. He's kind of one step ahead with his changeup. It's just his stuff has fallen off a little bit just based on age and based on probably durability and, and use. But, I mean, at any given time, this guy can can command the ball. And so, I mean, he'll be ready to pitch tomorrow. He's a, he's a veteran, and so uh, it'll, it'll be another test test. But I, I still feel like the Brewers should win this series and hopefully sweep. And it should be a great start for uh, Adrian Hauser, a good opportunity for him to get back on track. He had a great outing against San Francisco, just threw a few too many pitches, had that weird second inning, but didn't get the win because he wasn't eligible, didn't complete five innings. I would anticipate more of the same tonight because the the Royals are not a team that draws a lot of walks, and Hauser's not a guy that's going to give up a lot of walks. It's been an odd year with Corbin on the walks front. But Hauser's a guy I really am looking forward to see. If his sinker is going to sink like it did against San Francisco, this could be a, a rapid game tomorrow. Ground balls, double plays, nothing really hard hit. I really loved what we saw in that opening matchup uh, against the Giants for Adrian Hauser's return from the IL. Yeah, you know, I hate to use the word kind of a poor man's cranky, but that's kind of what he is, right? He's got to have command and control, especially with that sinker, especially hard in on right. He's not only not – only Singing it hard off the plate um, with two strikes late, but you know, landing it for strikes early in the can to mix. You know, he's a mix and match type of guy. So it'll be good, good to see him pitch, and I'm excited to see him in his other start. And uh, another thing to keep an eye on is the fact that Zach Grinky has allowed eight home runs this season. So maybe the Brewers can tee off again and see what they can do against a right-handed starter. And Jeff Cirillo helping us break it down all weekend long on this Mother's Day weekend. I know you got Sunday off, but we'll be back with you here tomorrow as well, Jeff. Thanks, as always, for your insight. And looking forward to chatting about Granky V. Hauser tomorrow night. I love it. Can't wait. Go Brewers. All right. Jeff Cirillo on the program. We got an interview with Corbin Burns coming up. We're also going to hear from Craig Council a little bit later. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win 5-1. to one. I'm Dominic Catronio. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. You can also tweet me as well at Dom underscore Catronio. Let's talk more specifically about what Corbin Burns did well, what Corbin Burns did right uh, here on tonight's start. He gets the win. It's a quality start. Six shutout innings, seven Ks. He did also have four walks. So we're going to break that that down a little bit. I also want to play this audio from you. He caught up with our own Lane Grindle after the game talking about his start and what got him back into mode. Yeah, after, you know, after that, kind of settled in, got going a little bit. Um, obviously, the the walk's not something we wanted to, uh, wanted to do tonight, but uh, we were able to limit the hard contact and um, you know, got some punch outs and able to get through six. The cutter is always such a big pitch for you. Did you feel like it got better as the night went along? Yeah, it was definitely a little better. Um, you know, this this lineup came in, um, you know, pretty aggressive, and as they uh, as the game deepened, they started to uh, started to take a little more just because I didn't have the best command. Um, so the cutter was was uh, you know crucial to get ahead, and then uh, yeah, the off speed stuff was, was good tonight. 
How do you see lineups trying to approach you differently? Nobody's had much success against you the last handful of years. Are you seeing people try to approach at the plate different against you this year than you've seen in years past? Yeah, we're kind of seeing the extremes. We're either seeing lineups come and, and be super aggressive and, and you know try to hit the first or second pitch of the A-B, um, knowing that's going to be a cutter or something over the plate. Um, or we're seeing teams that are just trying to wait it out and try to get me out in five innings and, and work that pitch count up. So it's something that uh, we, we kind of got to you know, gauge in the first couple innings of the game to know what they're doing. And you know, hopefully they're the, the aggressive kind because we, we get quick outs and, and can be efficient. But um, you know, those days that they're, uh, they're standing up there and, and trying to work that pitch count up, we just got to recognize that like the, you know, the kind of the second, third time through the order night they started to do that. So just got to recognize that earlier and get, hit, get in the zone earlier. How has it been working with William? It's good. So I've, I've thrown to him a couple of times, thrown to, to Vic a couple of times. Um, you know, they're both great back there. Um, obviously, I've, I've worked with Vic more, um, so it's it's still you know, with any catcher, it's a learning process, just kind of right. how your stuff is and, and kind of how it plays off each other and you know what you got going that day. So it's something it's a it's a working relationship that uh, we're always working to get better. Corbin, a great start tonight, man. Uh, enjoy this one. Uh, you've earned uh, <laughs> the right to enjoy this one for a, for a couple of days. I know you'll get right back at it tomorrow, though. Congratulations, Corbin. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, Lane Grindle and Corbin Burns earlier on the post game here on WTMJ. So let's let's dive into the numbers a little bit here with what went well for Corbin Burns. Now the four walks are obviously the elephant in the room, but I do want to address a few other things that he did well today. Uh, looking at first pitch strikes today, he threw a total. He faced 24 batters, 17 first pitch strikes. That's 71%. That's very, very good. Also, when you throw that many cutters, and you know everybody knows you're throwing a cutter, he threw 68 cutters out of his 104 pitches. That is 65%. That would be the fourth highest rate of cutters thrown in a start in his career. Uh, and the most since July 1st of 2022. So it's it's been about a little less than a year since the last time he's thrown that many. Uh, he threw 71 cutters in that matchup uh, a year ago. But looking at Corbin's also performance against that cutter, the Royals were just 1-for-12 on balls in play that were cutters. The one that was hit was the Hunter Dozier single into left field. So not only were they taking it when it was out of the zone, when they tried to attack it in the zone, they weren't doing any damage with it, which I think is an encouraging sign for Corbin and an encouraging sign for Chris Hook and Walker McKinvin and everybody of trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to make sure that this cutter still becomes a pitch that can be lethal, isn't just a, a get-me-over strike, but the, the other time, the other thing I noticed in this game he was really making it a point to throw his sinker a lot more today. And that's historically been his worst pitch, right? And he threw eight sinkers today. Six of them were strikes. That's a baby step forward. I like that. And I think what's important about the sinker is it will get guys off of his cutter just for a split second longer. Everything as a right-handed hitter is moving away from them. He never throws a right-on-right changeup. Everything is away or down, right? The curveball is down, the slider and the cutter are away. He's trying to introduce this sinker that will start on the inner third of the plate, as in starts like it's looking like a strike, looking like you're assuming it's going to be the cutter, and surprise, it's busting your knuckles and you can't do anything with it. And there's some great sinker ballers in that bullpen that he can learn from. It has been historically his worst pitch, but you have to try something new when other teams are trying something new against you. And the the book's out on the cutter. 
Okay, we all know about how good the cutter is. And the command has been iffy at times. And it was iffy in the first three innings. Then he locked it in, retiring 10 of his last 11 batters. Barely threw any sliders, threw a handful of curveballs and a handful of changeups. There were only four lefties in the order, and even then he was getting ahead of them with the cutter in on their hands. Furthermore, the whiffs today. Let's talk about the whiffs. He had 14 swings and misses, 10 of them on the cutter. And of the only two swings he had against the slider, they were both whiffs as well, including one of the first batter of the game, Bobby Witt Jr. So it was more about a how-you-finish game. That second and third time through the order was really inspiring from Corbin Burns, right? On from, like, Michael Garcia onward, after those back-to-back walks with two outs to Olivares and Melendez, when he kind of fired himself up, I don't know if you noticed that, after he walked Melendez on a 3-1 pitch, he was just... He was hot, hot, hot. He was mad. Even Olivares, he was mad because he had him 0-2 with two outs and ended up walking him. Those two mistakes on those plate appearances to walk him, I mean, at that point, the go-ahead run was aboard, and it could have been a 3-1 game when one swing of the bat, and he eventually got the rookie, Michael Garcia, on a cutter, and that might have locked him back in his zone because nobody else got past first base for the rest of the game against Corbin Burns. This was the type of Corbin Burns start that you, I don't want to say expect, but the fact that he didn't have his A stuff early and still managed to get through, I don't think that says much about the Royals lineup as it does about Corbin Burns, right? It could have been easy for Corbin or any other pitcher for that matter to roll over and be like, ah, I don't got my stuff today. I got to try something if I got to panic. And he never panicked. He kept going back to what he knew. He found the adjustment. He put it out there, and it worked out. And the Brewers get the win because of it. He gets the quality start. And he crosses 100 pitches for the first time this year. I was genuinely worried there through three innings when he was in the 50s through three innings. Like, there's no way he's going to get through six at this rate. I mean, heck, he was in the 60s uh, in the fourth inning and and that first at-bat in the fifth and eight-pitch at-bat to Bobby Wood Jr. I'm like, man, if this keeps up, there's no way. He luckily got the next two outs very quickly, and then he got through the sixth on 104 pitches today. This is the kind of start that can hopefully create some momentum for Corbin Burns, right? Looking ahead to what Corbin's got ahead of him. Now, depending on what they decide to do with the six-man rotation, remember, there's an off day next Thursday as well. So if you want to try to map out his days and every fifth day, if you want to keep him on normal rest, right, he would start the finale against the Cardinals next Wednesday. Or do you give him an extra day of rest with the off day next Thursday and have him start the first game of the series against the Tampa Bay Rays? Personally, I couldn't, you know, I'd be fine with either one. He has a great history against the Cardinals. The Rays, maybe you want to have him, you have your best against the baseball's best team. I could see it either way, but tentatively, if they stick with five guys, he would start on Wednesday against the Cardinals to wrap up uh, that series Uh, If he goes fifth, if they decide to go sixth and give him the extra day, he would start the opener a week from tonight against the Rays. Something to keep in mind moving forward after we analyze this start from Corbin Burns. Uh, We're going to talk about who's hot and who's cold, take a quick look around the league. Craig Council and highlights coming up a little bit later. We'll be with you until the bottom of the hour right here on 620 WTMJ. Brewers win 5-1. It's good to have a happy post game. I'm Dominic Catronio. Let's talk about who's hot and who's cold. That's brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home 
with cider heating, plumbing, and electrical. For a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or a furnace unit. Families helping families since 1912. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. That's cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Who's hot? Stepping away from the Brewers for a moment is Cedric Mullins. More on him in a moment. But who's hot tonight? It has to be Owen Miller. Three hits. First homer as Brewer. A double to the opposite field. Uh, a single as well. Just a, a triple shy of the cycle. Great stuff for him. And uh, like we said, the smile running around the bases and in the dugout was infectious for Owen. He loves this state. He He's always got somebody familiar in the uh, crowd. It's uh, something that he just continues to hit, man. You blink, and all of a sudden you've got close to 100 plate appearances. And here's a guy that has earned some playing time. He was acquired from the Guardians because of a roster crunch this past offseason. And he comes home and... It's been incredible. He's now hitting 323 in 62 at-bats, 66 plate appearances. He doesn't strike out. He also doesn't walk. He puts bat to ball, man. He is up there to hit. One homer his first tonight, four doubles now. Uh, 783 OPS for a reserve utility, you know, kind of fifth infielder slash lefty hitter. That's awesome. And the other thing, if you want to talk about the splits, what has he done against left-handed pitching since he got a lot of his starts against lefties? He's hitting 357 against lefties. So 10 for 28, that's starting to get sizable of things moving forward. If you want to talk about uh, rosters and stuff like that, last yesterday's Brewers Weekly from last night, I spent the whole segment talking about the Luke Voigt versus Keston Hero dilemma, why roster matters, why sample size is still small, what's going on with Keston, things of that nature. So I would encourage you to check that out in your podcast feed. That's available at Brewers All Access. Again, Brewers All Access is the uh, subscribe feed wherever you get your podcasts in order to get Brewers Extra Innings in your podcasts uh, in podcast form. Brewers Weekly available in podcast form. And all of our Brewers 360 appearances through uh, Wisconsin's Morning News on the weekday mornings. Uh, Craig Council, Matt Arnold, Sophia Minner, Jeff Levering, Adam McAlvey all make their appearances weekly uh, every morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. And you'll get those snippets in your inbox as well by subscribing to the podcast feed. Uh, as for who's cold, we got to talk about the the Royals as a whole. I know the A's get kind of the headlines of being the the worst team in the American League, but honest, I mean the the Royals are now twelve and twenty eight. They're starting a new regime. They have a, a negative fifty six run differential, which is actually the Fourth worst in all of baseball. In fact, the team one game ahead of them, the Chicago White Sox, has a worse run differential in one fewer game at minus 68. The only teams that have it worse are the Miami Marlins and, of course, those Oakland A's at minus 146. But for the Royals, it's going to be a long time. But Bobby Wood Jr.'s electric. I'm a believer in MJ Melendez's bat. Uh, Salvi Perez was scratched tonight due to dizziness. I think Vinny Pasquantino... Is a fun personality. Uh, if you know, not to you know, free ads, but he's a, a member of the Chris Rose rotation. I enjoy listening to his appearances on Chris Rose's podcasts as well. And Vinny's just a, a fun dude. And the the Pasquatch that they got going on in Kansas City, that's a whole lot of fun. It's not happening this year, but Kansas City, it's going to be a, a long time coming. Now, also another direction I could have gone with who's hot is the NL Central, trying to get back on track. Everybody but the Pirates won today, and I don't care about standings in May. Like I'm going to say it anyway, but 
Yes, the Brewers are technically in first place. Nobody cares about standings in May. I, I don't want to hear it. Okay, this is my take, my thought. If you're looking at standings in May and parading about the fact that you're in first place in May, stop. It's like the Michael Jordan meme. Get some help. Stop it. It's May. I don't even look I don't even care to look or to like make decisions about trade deadline until after the All-Star break. That's when you have a sample size, you know what you need, you know who will be available, things like that. The Brewers have time to write this ship. Is one win going to write the ship? No, of course not. But is it momentum? Is it positive energy? Yes. Did Adrian Hauser pitch very well against the Giants last week? Also yes. I'm excited about that. And it's Zach Granke. I know I gave him some praise in that first segment with, uh, in that second segment rather, with Jeff. The truth is, I mean, Zach Granke has aged, and it could be a chance for the Brewers to attack the 39-year-old that Zach Granke is. He knows what he's doing. He can carve. His last few starts have been better. Three earned runs in working into the sixth inning against the White Sox earlier this week on Monday. He threw 81 pitches in that game. He's not going to go deep into the contest. He had five shutout innings against the Baltimore Orioles back on May 3rd. Not going to strike out the world. But against Minnesota, he allowed seven runs. Against the Angels, he allowed four runs. And against the Braves, he allowed four runs. If the Brewers can get four runs or more out of him, they're winning the game. We know that four is that magic number for the Brew Crew. That's what they're always searching for. It seems like ever since the start of like the 2021 season, that has been what they're trying to do and trying to click and say, all right, we get four runs with our pitching staff, we're golden. That was obviously the case tonight. Including tonight, the Brewers are now 18-3. and 18-3 and when they score at least four runs. That's not a lot. Four runs is all you need. And they're going to win the game. More, more than likely. I think they can get that done tomorrow against Zach Greinke. That's just me. That's just looking ahead. Things of that nature. But looking around the rest of the league, right, we talked about the fact that, yes, they're technically in first place. Pittsburgh has now lost three consecutive games. They don't see them for a while. They don't see them until next month. The Cubs won tonight. They're now back to 500. The Reds won in comeback fashion, spoiling Auri Perez's uh, Major League debut, the 20-year-old for the Marlins. The Reds and Jake Fraley... They're only four games under 500, by the way. Jake Fraley has been on a tear to start this season for Cincinnati. Jake Fraley, of course, former Ray prospect, former Mariners prospect. Now he's with the Reds. He was part of the big Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker deal. Fraley hit his fourth homer of the year tonight. He's got a 359 on base, 789 OPS. Uh, he has got 15 walks, too. And the Brewers see the Reds coming up at the end of the month. It's not going to be a pushover. Just saying, we saw what Hunter Green can do when he's on, and we know what Graham Ashcraft can do when he's on. So don't sleep on those guys, to say the least. Uh, also, the Cardinals won in comeback fashion. A two-run homer late from Nolan Gorman. They beat the Red Sox. They're still technically seven and a half games back, but I was uh, talking with uh, a few folks that cover the, the Cardinals and saying, like, look, I'm going to see them coming up at the end of June with some of my assignment stuff with uh, TBS. I'm mentally ready for them to have gone on a run, and I'm refusing to count them out. I know what they can do. We've all seen this voodoo magic before, okay? We all know what this looks like. They've got us right where they want us, and I don't like it, okay? They're 14-25, and but I don't care. It is May. I think it is kind of surprising, too, just a quick peek around as well. The Mets, one game under five hundred. They won tonight. 
Uh, they keep having to push Scherzer and Verlander back due to various ailments. I mean, no one's surprised. They're in their upper 30s, early 40s. Uh, their offense has not exactly been inspiring. But I am surprised at how log-jammed the East is right now. Atlanta's pulling away. They've got 25 wins. They have the best record in the National League and the second-best record in all of baseball. But Philly's only 500. Miami's only one game under 500. And then the Mets are a game under 500. I- I'm surprised by all of that. The Brewers trying to find a way to keep things rolling and just win series, right? When you stack up winning series, good things happen. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. We're going to take a quick breather. We're going to have highlights coming up in just a little bit. Stay with us. Brewers Weekly. Brewers with a victory, 5-1 to one, to open up this series. Looking ahead to the rest of the weekend. Adrian Hauser tomorrow against Zach Greinke. Our coverage will start at 5 o'clock. I've got Brewers warm-up leading you up to network coverage at 5.35. And then 6.10 first pitch. Back on Bally if you sync up your radio to television to hear Bob and Lane. Uh, And then also on Sunday, TBA, that undefeated TBA, is getting the nod for the Brewers. Yes, they have not yet announced who it'll be. Jordan Lyles will get the ball for the Royals for Mother's Day action. You still got time. If you got to go shopping tomorrow, if you want to cram it in, uh, you may be at the, the bottom of the barrel as far as getting flowers, but good luck with that. Uh, a 110 first pitch. We're on the air at noon for your Mother's Day coverage of uh, Brewers baseball. And by the way, uh, you know, I have to report that the tickets are sold out, but I hope you bought that special ticket package for the Uke Skywalker bobblehead available tomorrow, presented by us here at 620 WTMJ. Uh, I got a sneak preview of it the other day. It's sweet. It's a solid. It's got the little hood. It's got uh, They nailed the likeness with Bob, lightsaber, everything. I don't know why it took so long to make a Uke bobblehead, you know, like a Uke Skywalker bobblehead. So uh, fun little twist on things. We've all got a Euchre bobblehead or a baseball player bobblehead. Let's do something unique, right? I have some fun with it. So uh, that'll be tomorrow. I hope you bought the ticket package. If not, come on out. Tailgate should be a beautiful day. We'll see you at the ballpark as well. Uh, And then Sunday, it's the wristlet giveaway. Uh, I believe it's the first 10,000 moms, if I'm not mistaken. Going to double check that for you here real quick before we get ready for the highlights. But uh, that should be a fun little giveaway. If you want to come on out and hang out with us, get plenty of... uh, Pink in the stands, too. It's a uh, single-game ticket package as well. 10,000 ticketed fans will get the wristlet as well. We're going to listen to some highlights coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Corbin Burns versus an opener. Josh Taylor in this one. The Brewers got to that opener, and he's left-handed, by the way, so that's technically a win against a left-handed starter. They got a run on an infield single from Christian Yelich in the first inning. Corbin Burns had a little bit of a shaky start in this one. He had four walks in the first three innings, but he left five runners on base in those first three innings. The Brewers' offense would start to reward him, even with a 1-0 lead. Owen Miller in front of the hometown crowd. 0-2 pitch, and he launches one down the left field line. This one is up. It is out of here. Owen Miller with his first as a Brewer. The hometown kid with a round tripper, and the Brewers lead it 2-0. 
Fredonia is jumping because of it. Now we fast forward to the fourth inning. With two outs and Brian Anderson on second base, Tyrone Taylor had an opportunity to add to the lead. Castillo's 1-0 is lined back up the middle and into center field for a base hit. Anderson being waved around. Here's the throw from Bradley Jr. to the plate. It is offline. And Tyrone Taylor drives it another. The Brewers lead it 3-0. Lane Grindle's call there. It would hold at 3-0 for a while. Now we fast forward to the seventh inning. After the top half of the frame, Freddie Fermin hit a solo homer off of the bullpen and Yoel Piomps. We go to the bottom of the seventh inning. Suddenly a two-run game. Some insurance would be nice. It all started with a leadoff single by that man Owen Miller. Then a walk to William Contreras. He drew three walks tonight, by the way. Willie Adamas reached on a catcher's interference and it loaded the bases for Christian Yelich. 2-1 pitch. Lined in the left center field. That'll get down for a base hit. Miller is in. Everybody else moves up 90 feet. Now Adamas has to scramble back to second, and the throw beats him back there. They apply the tag. Willie thought that Jason Lane was going to send William Contreras, and so he turned second a little too big and got caught on his way trying to get back to the bag. Yelich with an RBI single. It's 4-1 to Brewers. Nonetheless, a run still scored, and it was 4-1. to And even better yet, they weren't done in the inning. How about Brian Anderson? Here's the 0-1 to Anderson. Breaking ball, and this is a little blooper into right field. It's going to drop in front of the right fielder, Melendez. Everybody moves up 90 feet. Contreras comes down from third to score. Yelich stops at second. It's 5-1 to Brewers. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the great work of Corbin Burns tonight. Six Shutout innings with seven punch-outs. Contreras to sign the pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. Down and away. 33rd strikeout on the season. Here he comes again, and he struck him out. Swinging. Strikeout number two for Bernsey tonight. Balls and two strikes in the pitch, and he struck him out swinging on a curveball. Strikes out Witt for the second time tonight. And there's one away for Pasquantino. Here's the 2-2. And did he go? They appealed to first. He did. He went around. Trip Gibson says that's strike three on Garcia. It was a cutter down and away. Swing and a miss. He strikes him out. Burns got him with a breaking ball. Fifth strike out of the night for Corbin. Burns the kick in the pitch. Check swing, strike three on a changeup. That was a beauty. Burns trying to finish off Prado the pitch. Got him looking. And the inning is over. Got to hear a Bob Euchre strikeout call to start your day. That is the highlights. The Brewers win 5-1 to one to open up this three-game set with the Royals. Time to wrap up the show after this. Wins are fun. Wins are very fun. But it's just one. So, Adrian Hauser tried to keep the good vibes rolling against the Royals. Tomorrow, again, 5 o'clock, we'll be on the air here on WTMJ. 610, the first pitch. Hope you enjoy your Uke Skywalker bobblehead here at the ballpark. So again, you'll finish up this series with the Royals. Cardinals next week in St. Louis, Monday through Wednesday. All three games are night games. We'll have Brewers extra innings after all three of those games. Off day next Thursday, then down at the Trop, Friday through Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rays. And then they're coming right back home. They'll be taking on the Houston Astros, who got some injury news today. Uh, Michael Brantley's not back yet. He's got uh, a setback in his shoulder. Uh, Jose Altuve is starting his rehab assignment at Triple A, so he may be back by the time uh, the Brewers see those Astros 
in a little over a week's time here at American Family Field. So uh, the defending world champs will be coming to town once this homestand wraps up uh, starting on Sunday. They'll be back here Monday of the following week. So we'll see you out here at the ballpark for that. But that'll do it for us here this evening. Hope to see you out tailgating tomorrow. Should be a lovely day. I hope the roof will be open. I think we'll be dodging raindrops enough to have it open. Not so much on Sunday, though, to say the least. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for his analysis, as always, and to Justin Ponger, our producer, back in the studios. I'm Dominic Catronio saying good night from American Family Field. The Brewers win by a 5-1 final. Back at it tomorrow, handing the ball to the sinker baller, Adrian Hauser. Until then, keep on swinging.